0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to part two of the Memorial Day weekend mega mailbag. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag with my buddy Juan Moya. Juan says... Is Adam Gase the hero the Jets need but don't deserve, a.k.a. the Dark Knight? And then he posted a GIF of Batman slapping somebody. Juan, I love you, buddy. This is why you always cheer me up. (laughs) Uh, No is my answer. That's the easiest way I could say it. I know that it was fun for some people watching him be combative with the media, but ultimately it's all going to come down to whether he wins or loses. I'm still highly skeptical of whether or not He's the right guy for this job I do expect the Jets to be better this year So how much Adam Gase Has to do with that, we'll find out But I don't know that he's the dark knight In this case, although I've got my fingers crossed
0: Is it possible that the He's the hero that You, you guys deserve, but not that you need Is, is, that, is that possible? Does that make sense? Um, <laughs> no, I, I, listen, I, we've talked about this I don't have high Hopeful expectations for his him as a successful head coach here. Of course, we'll have to wait and see before we really judge that. And I'm not going to be called for his job or anything until there's enough of a sample size for us to choose from. But I don't know. This is the thing. This this is Jets. Everything about this is Jets. The Jets, one thing I'm always saying whenever I'm meeting new people, I'm telling people what I do, and they'll ask questions about the Jets. And, ah, oh, did you want to? cover another two With the Jets, it's always interesting. And Adam Gase is going to be always interesting. I was telling you yesterday uh, on the phone before also about how me and Dennis Wozniak were talking about uh, everything about how, how you know, oh my God! There's a whole bunch of people here. Why are they here? Oh, yeah, it's Adam Gase presser. And then as soon as the presser ended, we just turned and looked at each other. It's like, yeah, this is going to be an interesting season. So it fits right in with the Jets. Adam Gase is is kind of a typical Jet, exactly what you would expect in ex- from the Jets. It's what the Jets kind of deserve. Not 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 saying the fans, but this they brought it upon themselves. And especially with the hire they made at the timing of the hire bringing him in from Miami right after he got fired for doing exactly what he did here. I mean, we we talked about this. We saw this coming, and we just didn't see it coming this fast. So that, that's where I'm saying, eh, maybe this is what the Jets deserve, but not what they need.
1: Next question comes in from Peter Dillard. He says, Gentlemen, is there anything you can say to make me feel good about Gase the Usurper? Right now, I have no positive feelings about him being the coach. It's bad. I'm almost at the point where I want to tank, but not to get a high draft pick just to get him fired. Please help talk me out of this. (laughs) So here's what I'll say. Chris and I are not exactly thrilled about the Adam Gase hire either. I'm probably more negative on it than he is. But... He'll probably do very well with Sam Darnold. The roster is definitely much improved from the past. And if Gase doesn't succeed, he's going to be out of here. So the bottom line with Adam Gase is if he does well, then I guess he learned his lesson and he's turned things around and we're happy. If he doesn't do well, this act isn't going to play and he'll be out of here. So let's just see what happens again I'm not on the Gase train yet. He's going to have to prove to me that things are going to be different this time around than they were in Miami, but don't get too upset just yet. This team has a 21-year-old quarterback who could very well be that QB that they've been searching for for a really long time, so if nothing else, enjoy that, enjoy Le'Veon Bell and hope for <coughs> the best because I do think that gays or no Gase, this is a team that has a very real chance to at least be in playoff contention toward the end of the season this year.
0: Yeah, I can't I, – there's nothing I can really say. I would love to be able to. I would love to be able to pull something out of my back pocket to make you feel great about Adam Gase. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. There's just I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. So I, there's nothing I can really say there. What I can say is no need to I, – I get the impulse and I get the – understand the feeling, but there's no need to sit there and root for them to lose just to, to tank in the in fire gaze. Just wait, see how it plays out, because there is a chance that they're going to be pretty good this year. And then, you know, I I still don't think that they'll probably be a playoff team, but I could see them being in contention the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And then if they can have a strong offseason next year, Darnold going into his third year, then I can think that it's possible that we can really talk about playoffs. And I don't think that that really has anything to do with Gase one way or another. For the most part, it'll have a little bit to do with it, obviously. But I think with the way that the Jets are built right now, with all the pieces they have, the flexibility that they will have moving forward, that the Jets are going to be in at least solid shape to be in playoff contention next year, regardless of Adam Gase or whoever anybody else that would be in here. If Adam Gase starts, if they start losing, then you can sit there and you cannot feel so bad about the losses because you can say, hey, at least Adam Gase is getting out of here. But with Sam this and this is my biggest problem with the hire in the first place. You got Sam Donald in the second year right now. You got this window of him on the rookie contract for a couple more years after that i i wouldn't want to waste it and squander it on adam gase but he's here now so the the best thing for fans to do is just root for sam darnold to continue to succeed and prosper here and be able to get everything going on the right side propel forward and to make the best out of the young sam darnold and his rookie contract
1: Next question comes in from Anthony. He says, gentlemen, I've heard you talk about Justified, and I'm a huge fan of the show too. Since you said you were willing to take questions about stuff not involving the Jets, I figured I'd throw this one in there for Memorial Day. If you lived in Harlan, Kentucky during the course of the show and you had the opportunity to marry one of these three women, the characters, not the actresses that play the character, who would you pick, Ava Crowder, Winona, or Rachel? So here's my answer on this. Ava Crowder would easily be my answer if she wasn't Ava Crowder. What I mean by that is Joelle Carter, who plays the character, is drop-dead gorgeous. However, she is very much involved in that Crowder family, and I would want nothing to do with that, because getting involved with her, there's at least a 50% chance that you're going to end up dead prematurely. So no thanks on that. There's no woman, no matter how beautiful, that's worth that. Winona... Very beautiful as well. However, her personality is a huge turnoff because she's very hot and cold. One minute, she loves Raylan for who he is. The next minute, she can't deal with him anymore. She just can't make up her mind, and that's the way that it went on the entire series. So she's out. I love Rachel, though. She's my pick, no question about it, because number one, she's tough, she's feisty, she's smart, she's sexy as hell, and... I know that I don't have to worry at night because not only can I handle myself, but I'd be sleeping next to a woman who if somebody broke in, we'd have a tag team because she can handle things too. So Rachel's my pick. I love Ava Crowder, but that family is just too much for me. And I cannot deal with Winona's hot and cold personality.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have to fight me about this. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to fight because because I because I'm Team Rachel. I'm picking Rachel, so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to scrap about this. Uh, that, that this is this is easy. And and I'm, I, I'm a fan of Ava and Winona. But like you just said, a with Ava, I'm worried about her turning a shotgun on me and shooting me at, at something. And then with Winona, there's just Man, I, f- I forgot about this. <laughs> Just every time you, you kind of want to root for her and Raylan, and then she's ready to take Raylan back. You're, oh, that you know I'm never going to change you. I, I accepted that. I love you for who you are. And then two seconds later, oh, it's too much, Raylan. And they do that multiple times a season. Um, and then here's the other thing: Rachel is not from Harlan County. Yes. And at the they they. Never get out of Harlan alive. Uh, Ava is uh, gonna that you are immersed in Harlan with Ava. You are uh, Winona got out of there. You could you could get away uh, with uh, with Winona, but Rachel is not from Harlan. And and also Rachel can protect me. I have to worry about Ava killing me. Where Rachel can protect me, and I, I will take that protection any day, all day, every day. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Next question comes in from John McAnally, who's changed his name to Alan Schechter's burner account. And he says, Gentlemen, when are you going to give proper respect to the man who makes everything possible, Alan Schechter? We both know that he's the brains behind JetsInsider.com and Play Like a Jet. so just to be clear this actually is somebody separate from alan i'm not sure what the deal is but this is really funny alan finds it amusing here's what i will say i show alan tons of respect i plug him and his great work all the time i used to plug his writing over at empire writes back constantly and now i'll plug what he does for you chris jets insider.com I've told this story before, but long story short, when I first started Play Like a Jet, it was something very different. Nobody else was doing it. It was a show that required a ton of research, which I was fine with doing at the beginning. But then as I started to do more ambitious projects, like, for instance, Wesley Walker's 13-year career... It became very clear that it was not a task that I was going to be able to do myself. So I reached out to Alan, who I knew was a fan of the show and a longtime diehard Jets fan and somebody who's great at doing research because I read his work. And I said, hey, Alan, would you be interested in helping me out with some of this stuff? And so he said, yeah, I'd love to. So we've been working together on that ever since. This has been going on for well over a year now, and he's done a phenomenal job. I don't think play like a Jet would be half of what it is without Allen. And when Chris Nimbly told me that Allen was talking to him about JetsInsider.com and coming over there once Chris bought the site, I said, without a doubt, you have to hire Allen. It will be the best decision you ever make. The guy's great. He's a hard worker. He's sharp. His work is terrific. You definitely want him at JetsInsider.com. And Chris brought him on, and I'll let him talk about it, but I'm sure that he's very pleased with the work that Alan has done so far. So nothing but respect and love for Alan over here from myself and Chris.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, I'm very happy with what he's done so far. The only thing that I will say is nothing, is nothing against him, but it's the fact that I am still having issues and troubles with the people that are hosting the site on their servers, and so that right now is the biggest thing holding us back right now. I need to get that situated. Apparently, when I agreed with them, I'm under contract in February, but I need to figure a way to get out of that once I get everything fully on there and up, then we will be getting a lot more stuff from myself and from Alan, and, and it'll be a huge help. And it's, it's definitely, you know, to be the only one running at the site and the only one writing it, it can be a bit much. You guys know how, how fast news can come. So it's great to have somebody out, out there that I can rely on to pump stuff out when I can't get to it, or if I'm working on something else. And I'm very happy with him so far. And one, once, once, we finally get everything going. It's a little bit more than I expected or knew with, with going into all this stuff. Then, then uh, we will be much, much happier.
1: By the way, side note, Alan has awesome taste in stand-up comedy. He and I talk about stand-up comedy all the time. So if you ever want to talk stand-up comedy with Alan, you can tweet at him about that in addition to the Jets.
3: Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every level. It's one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Next question comes in from Ben Marsh. Ben, this is why you're one of my favorites because I love this question. He says... Theoretical situation, gentlemen. Christopher Johnson is named ambassador of Ireland, so next in line to head the New York Jets is their third cousin twice removed, the very big deal, Chris (laughs) Nimbley. So, Mr. Very Big Deal, now that you have control of the team as owner, who do you hire as general manager and why? Bonus question, who wouldn't you hire and why? So, obviously, I can't answer this. This is all you, Chris.
0: All right, well, I, here's here's the easy answer, and it's the same for both, who I would hire and who I wouldn't hire. I'd hire myself. <laughs> I'd put myself in charge, but I also wouldn't recommend that because it would be really bad. I do not have the patience to do it right, but, man, I would have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, no, the, a more serious answer there is, honestly, right now, I would be going full press after uh, Joe Douglas. I would look with... Um, but Duke Coben uh, the scout there in Cincinnati, uh, he's been there for a while. I know he's been he's been there. He's comfortable there. There's a lot of, about he might not, never leave there. But I'd be making a huge push for somebody like that. Um, but again, GMs, It's really hard to know even if you do know a person how they will actually do in the role. And I don't actually know anything about these people so it's really hard but from everything i've heard about joe douglas that is somebody that i would try to make a play after You know, you can't you're not going to be able to get somebody like a Chris Ballard or John Dorsey to leave. Uh, I would would certainly try. If, If you put me in charge, I would be like, hey, Chris Ballard, what what can I give you? How much money? What's the Godfather offer? How much money do I have to offer you to do that? I would certainly try in a situation like that, but I would feel like I'd most comfortably either end up giving the job to myself or Joe Douglas.
1: Next question comes in from John Flesh. He's got a bunch of questions. He says, looks like the Robbie Anderson hype train is already gaining steam. What are your realistic expectations for Robbie this season? Who could emerge as a serious threat to usurp? There's that word again, Chris. Robbie Anderson is the top target in Gase's offense. Quincy, Crowder, somebody else that we're not expecting. Also, is Gase secretly going to hand lick the next general manager asking for a friend, (laughs) CC Connor Hughes? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Connor, you're going to live in infamy for that one. They're going to hang that tweet around your neck for the rest of your life. So let's start with the question about Robbie Anderson. I think he's going to do well this season. I think he'll break a thousand yards. He'll probably have between six to eight touchdowns. I don't know if he's going to get double digits because I think the ball's going to get spread around quite a bit. As far as who's going to emerge as a serious threat to usurp him as the top target, I'll be honest with you. Quincy Anunma makes me nervous. He's been hurt a lot, so I'm not that confident in him. I think if he's on the field, he may outdo Robbie Anderson, but I expect him to probably get nicked up at some point. Even though he's hurt a little bit last year It was just an ankle sprain Crowder is the guy that I think is the biggest threat To Robbie Anderson And he's a Crowder that I wouldn't be afraid to hang around with As opposed to the Crowder family In Harlan, Kentucky Chris, you made this observation at training camp yesterday Crowder is perfectly suited For this Gates offense And you saw multiple times Where passes were thrown at him And he had an open lane And you said to yourself This is exactly why Adam Gase wanted this guy here So I think Crowder has a chance to be a really productive player In this offense and if I had to pick one guy To usurp Robbie Anderson As the top receiving threat for this team It would be him although Le'Veon Bell Could be an interesting two although I don't think He's going to get more receiving yards and more receiving Touchdowns than Robbie Anderson
0: Crowder is definitely going to eat into a lot Of that and a large part of it Is also going to be it's just going to be an easier throw for Darnold to make. A lot of the times, it's it's going to be that simple. It's going to be right there for him. It's going to be uh, a short, easy pass for him to make, and Carter can go ahead and extend it further from there. Uh, I with Quincy, I agree with you, obviously. But if you say if we can go hypothetical and say we get a full sixteen game from him, I can definitely see that just because of the the way that Quincy can be used, the style that he is, how he can be used on some some of the short screen stuff and all that as well as long as that's not all he's doing and he can still be more of a big body threat downfield as well but Robbie Anderson has a skill set that nobody else on this roster has he has the ability to, to beat people deep. It's still going to be there. I hate getting into projections and trying to say, oh, this guy's going to have 1,237 yards and 6.7 touchdowns. I hate doing all that, but I could definitely see him cracking 1,000 yards. I would probably expect him to be hovering right around the double digits, probably, like you said, in the eight or nine range. But you could see, you know, being just like one overthrown pass away from getting that 10 touchdowns or a drop to pass or something along that. But Robbie Anderson is not a complete receiver at, at, at all, but he does enough really well that is a – very valuable skill set to have that there's not too much of in the NFL that you can use him at at maximum ability potential by just having him do what he does really well. And I do think that he will have a a fairly big year. I, I, Agree though that Jamison Crowder again because they're just going to be so much easier passes. Jamison Crowder is going to eat into some of those touches, and Le'Veon is definitely going to eat into some of those touches because there's going to be times when Sam is looking around and he's going to see him, maybe he could make a throw to Robbie, but it would be tough. It'd be cutting it close, and oh wait, hey, look, there's Le'Veon Bell just popped wide open in the flat. There's nobody in front of him. Let me just dump it off to him and let him run for 15, 20 yards.
1: This is the overtime podcast network. Next question comes in from AJ Tranzano. He says, not that it means much anymore, but did you see anybody stand out in the first practice that you maybe forgot to mention in your report on Friday? Also, I know they just formally requested permission to interview Joe Douglas and champ Kelly for the GM job. But it took them over a week to even request permission and there still aren't any formal interviews set up. Do you think that's a little weird? So the first part of it, I'm going to let you answer because obviously I wasn't at practice. But as far as the second part, I do think it's a little weird. I guess they figure they can take their time and there's no rush because they don't have any competition right now. I would assume that sometime after the Memorial Day weekend, we're going to hear about some actual concrete days and times for interviews scheduled with both Douglas and Kelly, maybe some others too. But I guess they just feel like because there's no competition right now, there's no real rush to get this done.
0: Yeah, I'll start with that part of it first at first blush it's weird and uh, you would have expected it but then you step back and you think about it and it's not that weird there's there's no real need there's no real urgency or rush to it like you said there's not a lot of competition there the bulk of the gm job is mostly done at this point they can let gays kind of just handle this intern stuff while they take their time and really dive deep into these guys and then review them so it's really not weird, and it actually makes a lot of sense that you wouldn't try to rush this, especially at this time of year. It, it's one thing if they fired him with bowls, and then they were competing with other people to bring in a new GM, but they're not doing that. They, they don't really have that type of competition, so they can take their time with it. And honestly, I would think most of the GMs, the, the possible candidates would appreciate that. They they would be more inclined they'd feel better about Christopher Johnson and their ownership role if he actually went through with a with a thought out uh well thought out process here and really did his work on everything there as for yesterday. That we didn't talk about yesterday. There wasn't too much. It was, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing was just the energy and the practice. Uh, you know, I could talk again, talk again about how Robbie Anderson was cooking Daryl Roberts, uh, but that shouldn't really be a surprise for anybody. There wasn't anything that really jumped out. I guess, I guess, I could go with Blake Cashman. He had a, a, a nice pick that inspired that uh, typo from Connor Hughes. He he did. You could see right there just watching him, just the way he would position himself. And right off the bat, already he's he seems to have that on-field awareness. So that there's something there. But it was mostly as far as really pointing at things that you can really take anything away from. It was fairly uneventful practice so far. It'll be those June fourth, fifth, and sixth mini camps that are mandatory where we'll start seeing a little bit more there and then obviously training camp.
1: Next question comes in from Ian Bartholomew. He says, after seeing Chernobyl, is there any point ever trying to watch a new series again? Can only be disappointing in comparison. So I haven't seen Chernobyl yet, so I can't really comment on how good or bad it was. The only thing I can say is that every time I see a series that I think can't be topped or I say, oh, no matter what, I'm going to watch another series. It's going to be disappointing. I always find other shows to like. There's not a lot of them, and it doesn't happen all the time. But I always find other shows to like. So hang in there, Ian. I'm sure you'll find a show that you like outside of Chernobyl.
0: Yeah, I, I used to have that that same go through that same thought process with the Wire. I, oh man, I was never gonna. There's never gonna be a show better than The Wire. Oh, uh, and then then Moss came around, and I am not saying well, it is better, but it hooked me in a different way because it was more of a mystery suspense thing and hooked me in a different way and a similar way to Game of Thrones hooked me. This is evolution, evolution of TV. Things are gonna continue to get better and gonna continue to improve the way they do. So uh I've only seen the first two episodes of Chernobyl and they were really, really good. Super impressed. Like I said, that's that's one of the shows that I've been trying to get to But I just couldn't tear away from Justified long enough. Plus, there's still another episode or two left that haven't aired at Chernobyl. So I was like, ah, slow play so I can go ahead and wait until it's done. But it is a a great show from the first two episodes. I am definitely intrigued and fully invested in it. I would like to see more of it. But I'm not going to sit here and have doubts or concerns that there's going to be something better than that coming along in the pipeline soon.
1: Next question comes in from Danny Srulowitz. He says, do you know if the Jets are going to be practicing at all over the Memorial Day weekend?
0: Uh, no, they're not going to be practicing over the weekend. Uh, they, they will have off, um, and then they come back. They will be practicing again next week, and then we we get to go. The media gets to see them on Wednesday, uh, but they will be practicing other, uh, the other days of the week as well. But this, this weekend, they get to relax and enjoy themselves
1: little barbecue going on, I'm sure, with all the yes. guys on the New York Jets. Some burgers, some hot dogs, some fun Memorial Day action there over at Florin Park. Next question comes in from Michael Kekka. This is really more for me, Chris, because I don't think you would have an answer. He says, if Adam Gase was a WWE heel, whose personality do you think he'd most emulate? I think it's got to be Triple H. Because Triple H is somebody that always rags on the dirt sheets, acts like he invented pro wrestling. He's the guy that runs the show. A lot of people question whether he's the one that should be in charge. But there are also plenty of people that love what he does with NXT and hail him as a genius. Kind of the same way that a lot of people (coughs) hailed Adam Gase's the quarterback whisperer. And I think that much like Triple H talks about how he doesn't care about anyone's opinion, but secretly you know he really wants to be Paul Heyman, and he wants to be that guy that all the hardcore wrestling fans love, so you know that he's loving the fact that NXT gets praised by those people. I think Adam Gase also, as much as he claims outwardly that he doesn't care about being praised by the football nerd community, you know that he loves it when they call him an offensive genius. So I would say if I had to pick somebody, Triple H. Chris, you can pass on this if you want, or if there's somebody that you remember from your childhood that Gase reminds you of in wrestling, you can throw that one out there.
0: I I just got to say that I imagine that just like I was talking about with the TV shows and evolution of TV shows, that... It, the, the best answer of that would come from somebody that I, when I stopped watching. Because re- the heroes the I remember when I was watching, I don't think were nearly as evolved, as good as probably what you're seeing now and what you just described with Triple H. So I will uh, pass on really trying to answer this question.
1: If Adam Gase starts talking like this uh, at the press conferences uh, then you're definitely going to know that he's a Triple H disciple next question comes in from Matthew Merritt he says when are the Jets going to start doing more to recognize their fans abroad in the UK you'd think they would right Chris I mean especially since Woody Johnson is over there as the ambassador I know they have a sizable fan base over there I think the Jets at some point are going to end up playing in the UK and they really should do some more things maybe make some merchandise easier to buy overseas because i know that i've heard from people that it's a pain sometimes to get it shipped over there but they should do some more for their fans in the uk and really in europe and overseas in general
0: yeah i mean
3: i, I, I don't
0: know the extent of what they do or don't do over there honestly this is uh you know a little bit my own myopicness. as much as that's not typically how i operate uh, i haven't spent a lot of time thinking about how the, the jets uh are doing things over in, in Europe and everything. Uh, so I'm not really sure there. I also don't know what uh, any other teams are doing over there. So uh, are they doing less than other teams? Do, do you see other teams doing a bunch more? I would definitely, if I'm in charge of the Jets, I would be trying to do it uh, globally, beyond just Europe. I would be trying to go everywhere and, and do a little bit there. You, you want money, it doesn't matter where it comes from. You want to try to bring some of that in. So I would be trying to do. I don't know how much they're doing, but I would definitely try to do more. But also at the same time, you kind of pass that off to your business guys because the the main concern here is you got to get the football part of it right. That's still the priority number one, and obviously they've had some trouble with with that priority at the top. So you can kind of let your business guys handle that and everything. But uh, I, 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 without knowing exactly how much they do. Yeah, they should do more. You can always do more.
1: Absolutely agree, Chris. And I think that's the perfect place to end part two of our Memorial Day weekend mega mailbag. We will be back with part three tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.